G'day folks and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Hospital Challenge Cup, brought to you by All Sports Physiotherapy. Joining me today as always, I've got my good pal Jay Boss Thornton. How are we, mate? Living the dream, Sal. How you going, bruv? Good, mate. Now, mate, I've got a special uh, special guest for you today, mate. He's uh, he's one of your favourite QPR players, although he's a Tiger. It's Reese Van Neck, or more commonly known as Reese Van No Neck. How are we, Reese? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. We'll roll with Reese Van No Neck, mate. We won't mention your other yep. nickname. Yeah, you don't want to that. that one on the podcast. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> now, Jay, Reese bailed me up at East on the weekend mm. after our uh, after our win over Wests. What, yep. we'll, we'll get to that one and just send you know, I want to be on the podcast. I want Thanks, to have man. a chat. So he, mm. uh, you know, he's just super keen to get involved and not just for a little 10 minute stint. He wants to be involved for the whole episode. So he's here for us for the whole review and preview of what's to come in next week. So <laughs> thank you much for joining us, Reese. Classic stitch up, but yep. <laughs> yeah, good. awesome. I'm glad it happened just after you guys beat the doggies. Fantastic. Yeah, how good. Well, given we've got Reese on the pod, let's kick things off with the East versus West game on the weekend. Obviously, this is a narrow one, 22 to 15. The Tigers getting up here on Old Tigers Day. Now, uh, we saw Matt Smith, former West Centre, get over for a brace of tries, and then the rest of the points came through Pilsy with a try, two conversions, and a penalty. The West... Big Rob Pugliavea got over, Paul Ahim crossed the one, and Cooper Whiteside scored a conversion and slotted a penalty, but it was not enough to take it to the Tigers, Jay. Um, yeah, look, I, I I had big hopes for this game. I think it was a good game of footy, but um, for the standards that both East and West have set this season, I think uh, both sides were a little off their game, I've got to admit. Um, you know, West... West you know, they fired a few shots throughout the match. And East, I think they were lucky they had guys like Ben Moen um, stepping up. Like, I think it was a bit of, it was a, bit of a it was, I think both sides were making it difficult for the opposition. They were making it difficult for each other to really um, get a roll on. And hence why it was such a close game. Like, good game of footy. But I think, uh, yeah, by the standards that West have shown over the past few weeks and um, what East have set throughout the season... I think they were both off just a little bit, but still a pretty brutal game of footy. And I think uh, I think it showed that, you know, the doggies are on the right track, but, you know, East, East are a classy outfit, hence why they can come away with what was actually a, a pretty hard-fought win. Yeah, Reese, you were obviously out the mixer for this one, mate. What did uh, you guys take away from this game? Uh, I just think that, you know, we, we fought real hard. Um, sort of a lot of things didn't go either team's way, but... Um, we sort of thought that we capitalised on some of the missed opportunity, missed opportunities that Wes had, and they sort of did the same on us. Um, you know, I think no matter who we verse, it's always a good match. It's always a good battle in the forwards. You know, we're always wanting to take it to them. Um, Smitty and Pilsy. Pilsy's been Mr. Reliable this year for us. <laughs> I'd love to see what his kicking stats are because that'd be insane. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, the backs really stood up. Um, yeah. All right. Now, mate, obviously, 
you were matching up opposite another young crop in Liam Usher, mate. How was that sort of battle come scrum time there, mate? He's obviously been a good recruit for the doggies this year. Yeah, no, Usher's been great. Um, sort of, I've grown up with him, playing you know junior footy with him a lot. Um, so yeah, we're um, we have good chats, but sort of yeah, it's always a good battle going up against him. Um, sort of going up against your mates, it's always it's always fun because you always want to get one up, and sort of there's nothing um. Nothing lost there. We were definitely going at each other the entire game. And there yeah, were some yeah, loads yeah, thrown. Yeah, I was frothing it hard. You guys were serving hard at each other. Because I saw you the week before and you said you've grown up and you're good mates with him and stuff. But then yeah. at scrum time, there was still plenty of niggle, which I love oh, to absolutely. see. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of... Uh, I, I love to see that, you know, like the competitive edge. I think seeing yourself and Ush going at it, considering, as you said, you are good mates, but you're still not afraid to chirp at each other and get a dig on each other. It's fantastic. Mm. I was, I just, was loving that little battle. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's good. Like, we, 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 we message each other after every game, just saying how much we hate each other on the field, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, mate, there's obviously a few... Um, players who sort of swap clubs in the off-season, mate. As we mentioned, Matt Smith's obviously been lining up at 12 for the Tigers. He's a former doggy. Um, and then we've got Tyrone Pritchard, um, Johnny Tico that have gone over to, to West from East. Was there much chat sort of getting thrown around, mate, between some of the uh, some of the turncoats? Of course, have you have you been to it? Have you seen our um, third half? <laughs> every time Johnny every time Johnny did something, he he got it. Um, and, you know, that's just that's club footy. Um, it's it's expected, I think. If you if you change a club when you verse your old club, it's expected that they throw everything at you. Very he was loving it too. You could see it. He had a big smile on his face, big Johnny Tico and stuff like that. So no, yeah. I, I was frothing it hard. It was great to see. Yeah, he came up for a drink afterwards. It was good. Bit of carver down in the tiger bar, mate. Oh, a lot of carver at the tiger bar. <laughs> Big Georgie Francis. <laughs> oh, Moses Rulooney special. But I did hear that the uh, the third half got in a bit of strife for this match just gone because uh, I don't know how well West took to the guy singing "Take Me Home, Sylvan Road." See, I. <sighs> I actually froth this, right? So I actually, I discussed this on Pillar to Post last night. Um, you know, I, you know, look, you know, I, I think there are some things that are um, not legit. Like, I think South singing Take, Take Me Home, Chipsy Wood, that actually grinds my gears being a doggy because they've got their team song and they sing that and it's actually verbatim. They were actually singing Take Me Home Country Roads, which is actually the song that our team song is based on. And I actually found it pretty funny. I had to walk through them to get there. And I found that pretty funny. That's actually the song. They were singing it, obviously, to take a jive at the doggies, but that's what they were doing. I actually found that pretty funny. When they actually take, like, whereas the Magpies take the actual Take Me Home Sylvan Road and change it to theirs when it's not actually their team song, that grinds my gears. So, I don't know. Look, some of the doggies might you know, arc up at that and get their backs up. But I actually found it pretty cool. I found it pretty funny. I just think it was funny that um, the most, like we, as a club, we probably didn't have the best game. So probably all the boys that were singing it were the ones that lost. So we, um, yeah. and when we got up, they were definitely happy to give it back. Very true. <laughs> well, I think yeah, that's very I true. I got a win out on the backfield. That's <laughs> it, mate. So did fourth grade, so did Colts one. 
So no clean sweep this time around. Well, you know, there's always next year. Um, but I think uh, those results actually mean that this last round, ACV Brothers in, in next weekend, is potentially going to be the Dowdy Shield decider. So I'm waiting, waiting on some stats, but uh, hopefully that weekend doesn't come back to bite the Tigers. All right. Well, fellas, let's jump to the Jeeps versus South match. Um, obviously, the scoreline here sort of ended up how we expected it. Um, Gallup is getting up 47 to 14. Um, Gallup has got over for how many have we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven tries to two. Seven tries, I think. Yeah, yeah. AJ team had a great day with the boot. Um, Jay, no, as we mentioned, made no real surprises here. No, no, no. Unfortunately not. Look, uh, South actually came out of the blocks firing, scored the first try, and they were looking really good. But then Jeeps, too big, too strong. Um, th- there's one thing, though, that I've got to admit. Look, we I, we said last week on this podcast, Jeeps aren't going to be playing finals three this year. Brothers have got too much to lose this weekend against Sunnybank. We saw the Sunnybank-Bond game. That was a corker of a game. So Sunnybank could upset him, but I still think the Brothers have got too much to lose. Um and Jeeps had the buy next week, and they've got a big bond down on the Gold Coast this weekend, which is going to be hard, but we'll get to that. But on top of that, so like they're, they're lucky that they recruited so well and they've got such a killer back line because like their forwards are still playing good footy, but we know that over the past half a decade or so, they've built so much around their set-piece dominance, and their line-out was good without being great. Their scrum was good without being great, and... Lucky they've got such game breakers in Teddy Teller and AJ Alatimu was absolutely amazing on the weekend and, and so was Bernie Nickel and Marlon and Canelio. But they're lucky they've got those guys that can finish the way that they... If their set-piece dominance was how it is now, which really... Well, there isn't really set-piece dominance per se. If they had that two years ago with the back line they had, they probably wouldn't have made finals football because they built so much around playing that type brand of footy. They're starting to expand a bit now, but like South Scrum hasn't been great this year and they they took it to them on a few occasions. They started to get a sentence in the back end of the game, but like the old Jeeps would have absolutely decimated them and they looked a bit shaky. So, and that's with Dan Gorman starting and they had, you know, Freddie Burke back and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, but at, at the end of the day, Jeeps, they're just, they were just, by way, like, in comparison, you know, like their backs were 10 kilos heavier, their forwards were, you know, six inches taller. Like they were just, you could just see it was men against boys, unfortunately, for South. Mm. Now, Reese, mate, um, you watched this game, and obviously a lot of your old. Uh, Colts mates from your days at South and now in this Premier Grade side. Um, mate, what was your sort of takeaway from this game? Mate, <clears throat> I reckon, you know, Souths are coming out with passion each week. You know, yes, teams are putting a bit of a number on them, but, you know, that's they're not – they're there to develop and they're there to learn. Like, they're just going to get better and better. Um, like, mm-hmm. you just see, like, there's a try that the South scored and, you know, Todd Damers was – you know, he was pumped – all the boys were pumped. Like, that's just going to get better and better. Um, I, I, unfortunately, probably not this year, but I reckon next year South will be hopefully pushing finals, I'd reckon. Very true, mate. Very true. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the clash fellas over at Sunnybank, as we mentioned, a high-scoring affair with this one, 59-43. And, Jay, you might be able to shed some light on this. I believe that Bond were down to 13 men at the back end of this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Connor Pritchard decided to, uh, you know, try to readjust uh, Hayden Sargent's neck um, with his forearm, um, cleaned him up, got red carded, and then I think there was a scrum yellow card uh, just for repeated infringements. So Bond, Bond did really well to hold out Sunnybank in the back end of this game. Really, really well. But, um, you know, Bond, so Bond were down to 13 and they scored a, a, a 60 or 70 metre try out deep inside their own half to finish the game. You know, like, this is what I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago. I would love to know the number of tries they've scored from inside their own half because they are just amazing at working their way out with ball in hand. They are just ridiculous. And I think last year, I think last year we were saying, you know, Jeeps were a side that they're the best in the competition at dictating the style of play. They're dic- they can, they can, they can get a struggle hold on a match and dictate this is going to be a tight game. They're going to do X, Y, Z. This year it's Bond. Like, uh, you know, Van Nonek, you would have seen that we were discussing a couple of weeks ago when you guys played Bond. You guys didn't play poorly. They just ran you off the park and they can dictate mm. how this play is going to be played. On the weekend, they did the same against Sunnybank. I mean, two sides that love to attack. But they've got game managers. Mitch Sturt and Liam Dillon were fantastic. They've got guys like Menzies and Boardman in the centres who actually can play with a bit of width who can t- or can take that heavy contact if need be. And then, mate, they're just they, – they are just playing the house down. And, look, they're going to play finals football and they are going to play bloody good finals football if they keep going the way they're going. Mm. Well, I think they also had a massive in on the weekend with Joey Fidock coming back. Um, came back on the wing. just Three tries. Yep. Got a hat-trick. So, he'd usually play fullback, but Maxi Dowd's been so good back there, they left him there, Joey on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Reese, a fellow that you like got over for a five-pointer as well, George Blake, mate, one of the young, new young front rowers mm. that you're a fan of. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's... I like, I've been like sort of been watching him since TSS... Um, obviously coaching BBC, but um, he's, you know, he's got a good head on him. He doesn't chirp at a scrum. He's got good shape. He just goes and does his job. And I think, you know, that's what, like, that's what I really like about him. And he's, he's very physical, very physical. And, mm-hmm. you know, just his try that he scored, he, I think he took three or four Sunnybank boys with him. Um, and, you know, as an 18 year old, like that's, unheard of, you know, and especially, and especially playing loose head prop as an 18 year old, like that's oh, insane. Mate, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. He's definitely been a good pick up for the bull sharks and um, someone else Absolutely. has been playing good footy for them who unfortunately suffered a really serious injury on the weekend. Lock, Lockie Connors. He, uh, <laughs> he was one of the fellas involved in that last try that you mentioned, Jay got the last pass away, mm-hmm. but within the tackle, yep. like he fell awkwardly and, um, by all reports, it was a compound fracture of his femur, some sort of a broken leg scenario. Femur? Femur? Yeah. Like thigh bone? Apparently. Oh! So. Yuck. Oh, yeah. man, that's terrible. He's been so good, and he's been biding his time the last couple of years as well. He's a former Aussie schoolboy skipper. 
Queensland Schoolboys Player of the Year just a few years ago out of St. Pat's. He is a gun and he's worked his way in to be a starting second rower. Mm. And like, you know, he's come in like, and he's keeping, you know, guys like Van Brecht and Ball and all this. Like, he's been awesome. Him and Devin Henson, the new second rowers, have been awesome the past couple of weeks. So that is terrible to hear, man. Yuck. Ugh. Sorry, I find that stuff real grim. Ugh. Makes my skin crawl. It scares me. Yeah, well, a massive shout-out to Lockie, and we wish him all the best mm. and hopefully a speedy recovery. Um, we look forward to hopefully seeing him back and firing next season. Um, mm. Now, on to the match of the round for this weekend just gone. It was the Northside Derby between Brothers and Norse, 38-21. Um Brothers outscoring Norse here, six tries to three. However, two of these tries from Norse were scored within the last sort of 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, brothers were clearly in the driver's seat for most of this one, weren't they, Jay? Yeah, 100%. Look, they they sort of dictated everything um, for this game. I think they were up 14 nil at the half. And Norse actually scored about 30 seconds into the second half, but then it was all one-way traffic once again. Brothers were really good. Um, their centres, Stixie and, and Huddy Crichton, were really good um, getting, like, a lot of touches because you could see they were really trying to shut down. We saw brothers against UQ a few weeks ago. UQ's line speed started to shut them down, so they started to put Stixie at 10 and play Rose Eiffeloy out the back so that they could try to actually play with a bit more width, and it worked. Um, and they, they noticed that, Norse were doing the same again on the weekend, but probably just not to the standard that you expect them to do, uh, the uh, UQ to do it at. And and brothers were just running them ragged on the fringes. I think Billy Bully and uh, Nate Carroll both got two tries apiece. So, and Liam Richmond crossed. So that goes to show just five of their six tries were all through their outside back. So that, that just obviously um, shows just how dominant they were on the fringes there. Yeah, um, Liam Richmond just managed to um, slice through the uh, slice through the defence there for a try. Um, but as you mentioned, four tries through Billy Bully and Nathan Carroll both came around the edges. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting they're talking about the centres because yeah, as you like, I feel like Hudson probably created more opportunities against UQ than what he did in this game. But for the hard work, he did in tight and then created space out wide for Nate Carroll. Mm. So yep. he took the ball the and then the, the next pass was someone in space. So Yeah, 100%. He, um, he's got a good left foot kicking game too. A lot of times, he's got a very smart brain, does Hudson Crichton. He, he, uh, he's got that great left foot boot, but a lot of the time it's more of a dinking probing kick. He dribbles it off the outside of the foot and into touch inside the 22, like a little grubber or, or just put like sort of a 20 or 30 meter low ranging kick in to find a little bit of space. And, and that is invaluable when you can get someone, it's a lot like um, Gary Ringrose from Ireland. He has that, or Henry Slade from England. They have that sort of low short range kicking game that can just get you out of a little bit of trouble if you're not really penetrating the line. And, and he did that very well on the weekend. I think three or four times got the kick into touch inside their 22. And um, yeah, you could see it put some serious pressure on there. So it was, it was a very smart game from brothers. Very, very smart game. Mm. I think where 
Norse got their most pay was at scrum time, and that was mainly due to the return of uh, Big Kieran Fitzgibbon. He put a lot of pressure on it. Tonga Mafu is obviously a very good prop. Tonga Mafu well. was awesome on the weekend. So was Kenny Tavieri. Kenny Tavieri was very, very good on the weekend. It's good to see him actually being able to play number eight and not getting, you know, uh, pushed around into the centres and all that sort of stuff. So he, he's starting to benefit from Norse, uh, getting a lot of a. Uh, uh, new recruits in, and they can actually start to build a really good, solid base around their team. Mm. It's interesting, though, watching North, so in terms of the play, and I think Chapo even mentioned this in commentary, the great Nick Chapman, we had him on the mic on the weekend, um, is that Norse are just very, at the moment, seem to be very one-dimensional in how they're playing, and whether or not that's just simplifying the game plan because they've lost a few guys or whatever, but they seem there's a lot of one-out run-outs off the rack. They just seem to be waiting for one of the forwards to make a half-break or something like that and then play off yeah. the back of it. it. sort of doesn't seem like they're, they're sort of waiting for an opportunity to arise rather than looking to create it. Um, but with the players yeah. that they've got, there are some pretty handy guys there that, you know, are putting their hand up to make inroads. And one fella for them that I thought actually played um, well and punched above his weight was the 12 Alec McDonald um, got a good mullet on him which you've got to love to see but I thought he he had just as many carries as the forwards through that match and they got a lot of pay for it and I think the other good thing that you can see now from Norse is the likes of Matt Wilshire Harry Fox some of the other tall timber is they've actually got a good functioning line out too as well yeah. because in days yeah. by and they had no one in terms of any kind of height they just couldn't compete mm-hmm. with some of your bigger teams, whereas now they've actually um, got some players there that can contest that and provide a bit of set-piece um, dominance. So, look, I think much like South this year isn't going to be North's year, but if they can keep that sort of nucleus and continue to add some guys around it, I know a big thing for North is they're looking to recruit from outside of your traditional channels. So, you know, they're not necessarily looking to recruit the next best thing out of Nudgy. They're looking at They've got guys. Women's were, Yeah, they've got people who are coming uh, into the clash out of, sorry, not into the clash, into the setup out of like Wavell Heights and things like that. They're looking at the local high schools and things like that. So, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Big time. Posit- positive things happening. And I think it'll just take a little bit of time, but, um, you know, good things will come. Yeah, agreed. It's time to roll through to our preview of the round 10 clashes, but obviously no East playing this weekend. Reese, what do you got planned for the bye weekend? Oh, mate, I might go down to the beach. Um, probably will go down to the beach for sure. Um, don't get too many weekends off, especially when footy season starts kicking around. Um, yeah, other than that, long weekend. Might stay at the beach, don't know. So go rock the Tigers budgies at Burley or something, mate. Oh, 100%. 100%. Nah, Miami. Miami's my spot. <sighs> They're all uh, below park compared to the Sunshine Coast, mate. You go north, not south. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sunny coast is sick, mate. Karamundi, Majimba, both good spots. There we go, mate. Just a bit far away. It's the same distance, mate. Everything's uh-huh. far away from Ipswich, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> no mate we've got a highway straight to the coast I'm there in, I'm there in an hour um, yeah that's true that's not too bad actually I won't point out that you could probably be at Cloundra within an hour as well but anyway 
Oh, come on now. <laughs> um, look, Reese, before we jump into these games, mate, a um, couple of things to touch on. Obviously, last weekend for East, mate, it was Benny Mullen's last home game um, before he hangs up the boots at the end of the season. And there was a good little celebration with his family and everything as well going on. Um, just how influential has Benny been, mate, in the last 12 months since he's come back and pulled on the blue and gold? He's been huge, honestly. Um, it's sort of like we've got a good balance of young guys and old guys, and Benny sort of obviously he's a Wallabies cap, former Wallabies captain. So, and he's done his he's done the rounds in his career, and he he just knows how to um, how to get the best out of blokes, um, especially us young guys. Like he's um, he he invests a lot of time into talking, you know, to myself and to some of the other boys, and just sort of sort of not just being like a teammate, but being a bit of a mentor role for some of us. I think. Um, you know, Fred Future all the same, I'd, I'd imagine. And, um, you know, he's just giving us that much needed experience we, we lacked in last year, um, for sure. And uh, just having him, mate, obviously, at the back of that that scrum and then you can see in the halftime chats, he sort of seems to talk technical stuff and then Milo comes in and talks <laughs> over our attitude and all that sort of stuff. Um, but just how much do you reckon you know, you develop individually, mate, um, with someone like that just leading you around? It's um, It's been great, you know, like it's hard during the game. You obviously can't see yourself and you get a, at scrum time, you get a lot of what you're like, if you're doing something wrong, a lot from what you see and, you know, um, I reckon Ben could go out and easily coach a scrum, hands down. Couldn't say that about Milo, but definitely Benny. Um, he knows exactly what sort of, if we're lacking in something, he knows where to what to say and when to say it and sort of it's definitely helping us out this year because there's been times where we've been under the pump and he's just said, hey, fix this little thing, we fix it and we go out there and smash it the rest of the game. So it's, you know, it's he's been huge. Like just to see so much from the back of the scrum, like, you know, if I'm looking at feet, I wouldn't be able to know, I wouldn't know anything. So he's um he's been great. And obviously you got Aiden Tower out the back as well, mate, um, helping the backs in a, in a similar fashion, mate. But you just feel yeah. that with that extra level of experience around East this year, mate, um, as a team, you guys are potentially a bit more adaptable in terms of, you know, reading what's going on in the field, adjusting, and probably just a more complete team than what you were in, in years gone by. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we're able to adjust and, you know, Dossie's a big part of that, like in our attack shape and, and defense, defense shape. Um, you know, if, if say, for example, a team's throwing line speed at us, you know, they direct us boys around so well. It's probably we were lacking that a bit last year through through injuries and just and that sort of thing. But, it, you know, him being able to sort of just take a step back, you know, him and Pilsy just game managers, playing it smart, kicking corners, using the wind, that sort of thing has given us such an edge over some other teams um, and probably won us a few games this year for sure. And, mate, just to, to wrap up on this one, you got um, Simon Craig there as one of the assistant coaches, and he was telling me the other day that um, he's apparently trained you to play loose head prop now as well, so covering all three <laughs> spots in the front row. Yep. Mate, um, it's a skill that not a lot of people will have, let alone props being able to play on both sides of the scrum. Mate, yeah. what would be your preferred position in the front row? Oh, hands down, tight head. Um, sort of, I came to East wanting to play hooker. Um, obviously, with Reddy leaving, it sort of opened that spot up for me a little bit. Um, but I think I've made tight head my own over the last two years. Um, and Craigie's been been instrumental in that, you know, 
tell, like convincing me that I can be a good tight end that I can scrum. I think playing across the three, you've just got to love scrummaging. Like there's games where I'm not doing a whole lot more than just scrummaging, and you know you just got to love it. I think uh, Jay and I build a career off that, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, we can relate. And leveling Milo at Camp Hazels. You know, my finest moment <laughs> in rugby just had to come on some field in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Did you find the guy that recorded it? He wasn't. You surely looked. He was taking photos oh. apparently, but he, oh. he had his camera on the tripod, so I thought he was filming the game. Uh, yeah, right. Anyway. Unlucky. Great times. Great times. <laughs> so let's throw forward to round 10 this weekend of the Hospital Challenge Cup and some big matches here with potential impact on the makeup of the top four. Let's kick things off, Jay, with Sunnybank v Brothers. Now, we spoke about Brothers last weekend. They had three games remaining, got their win over Norths. They faced Sunnybank this weekend and then they finished with a hard clash against East. But this match. It's a must win. They can't afford to drop this one. No, they can't. I think early on in the season they would have been um, would have been anticipating it was going to be pretty difficult for them. So many players going up to the Reds, and then they've got a pretty a pretty dicey run going into the back end of the season, finishing with East. But I think with East, uh, sorry, Jeeps having lost against West, um, their tails would definitely be up, and they've got way too much to lose. We've seen Sunnybank really push sides this year, but. Brothers are starting to play into some form. There's too much to lose for them. They win this weekend and Jeeps lose. They're playing finals footy. So there's so much on the line. I, I see them going down there and getting the job done. That's it. I think brothers are sort of the masters of their own fate at the moment. And if they continue playing the way they have, should hopefully get the job done. But obviously Sunnybank, um, they're sharp when they, when they want to be. So they can definitely uh, take it to brothers this weekend and, potentially derail their finals hopes. Now, another match that has got massive implications on finals, as Jay's already mentioned, this one's going to be our match of the round. It's Bond versus Jeeps down at Bond. Um, it's do or die for the Galapagos. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just touched on it. It's do or die. They lose. They don't play finals. And that is absolutely massive. And no one would have picked that. Not a single person. If you did, you're full of it. You're a liar. Go get, go get stuff. That's ridiculous because this side is red hot. They're awesome. They recruited well. They're well coached. And if they don't play finals, that is absolutely mental. But to be honest, Bond have been absolutely fantastic this season. They're, they are missing a couple of players. And obviously with that injury to Lockie Connors on the weekend, does does put a dent in their plans a little bit. But... Bond on the Gold Coast have proven to be bloody difficult to win. Testament to the fact that East went down to them early this season. So, mate, yeah, I'm back and Bond in for this one. I'm chuffed as to see them knock Jeeps off down at home. Yeah, if this one was at Yoku Road, I feel like potentially the result could come away a bit different. But given it's at Bond, and Bond have built a bit of a fortress down there at Rabina, I don't think teams like going down there and playing at the moment. Um, yeah. Anything could happen. But, Reese, obviously, these two teams have been chasing East Tail all season. How do you see this one playing out, mate? Um, I, I'm going to say Bond because they've got that ability to be able to turn, you know, better probably than anyone else, turn nothing into something. And if that, if the Jeeps forward pack are going to get on, if they get on top of the Bond forward pack, then that, you know, the backs are just going to, 
I think the backs could take the bond backs could take the um, jeeps backs hands down. So I think they'll just put you know little kicks in behind that someone from bond will scoop up and score a try from sixty meters out or something like that will happen. Um, <laughs> if jeeps don't jeeps don't take advantage of if there's any weather conditions or kicking like that that back that front corner into in at bond where it just dips like the ball hits that it just stops like it doesn't like you just got to play play the field play the conditions and probably the smarter team will probably get up mm-hmm. very true looking forward to that match for sure now the other game on saturday it's the battle of the birds south v north the potential decider of the wooden spoon um for the season um Reese, mate you being a former magpie Although we don't talk about it too much, um, as, we about that. <laughs> as we mentioned, a lot of a lot of guys you play Colts with are now in this Premiergrade side, mate. Um, given the where these two teams are on the table, mate, how much do you reckon South will be targeting this game, mate, just to get uh, a dub, another W on the board before the end of the year? Oh, South are going to be firing. They're, it's hard. Like I reckon it would go. I think this game's going to go down to the wire. Because I don't think either one, either one of the teams that want, like, obviously want to lose, but I don't think they don't want the wooden spoon. I think that's sort of if you're at that bottom end of the table, that's the last thing you want. So, I think I'm probably going to give it to North, but I I wouldn't be surprised if South come away with a very strong performance, probably the strongest of the year, I reckon. Agreed, agreed. I'm going with South just mainly because it's Chipsy Wood, and like. If anyone can get a young side up for at least one match to really drive it home and, and come away with some like a good spirited, passionate win, I think it's Todd Demers. So yeah, I, I'm going south at Chipsy Wood. That's really the deciding factor in my opinion. Yeah, enough. Well, the fourth and final match this weekend, we've got a Sunday special for something different. We've got UQ mm. hosting West at St. Lucia. Uh, for a bit of Sunday Arvo footy, J-Ball, how good? Mate, I'm um, I'm fizzing for it. It's going to be an absolute belter. Um, like Westside Derby, first time in probably a while that, you know, the doggies have, have really been, you know, and it, uh, sort of uh, in a position where they could really easily knock them off at home at UQ there. Um, you know, I, I think this one's going to go absolutely gangbusters. I think UQ is going to come out and absolutely try to run doggies off the park because I've said before, I think they're maybe a little bit unfit for the style of footy they want to play, but I think the set-piece dominance is going to be, you know, in favour of the doggies. And, you know, that can really actually, that can change the tide of any game, right? So, yeah, look, UQ well-rested, the doggies off, you know, a tough couple of weeks against Jeeps and East could be hard for them. I'm going the doggies just because I want them to win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this one's going to be a corker on a Sunday Arvo too. There should be more Sunday Arvo footy. Well, mate, this match is potentially a massive one for UQ in terms of where they finish on the ladder. So um, the ladder at the moment, we've got East on top on 29 points, UQ in second on 27, Bond closely behind on 26 with Jeeps on 24, Brothers on 22. West are probably outside of finals calculations at the moment, back on 14 points. But if, um, if you see East have got the bye this weekend, so they're not picking up any points. If Bond got up this week and UQ got up, they can jump East. Or if those sides are to go down, um, 
or if your Q goes down, they're potentially in the bottom, in the third four, um, going into the minor semi. Um, there's a lot of potential implications here come come finals times on the matches this weekend. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's the thing, right? Like um, the fact that there's so much riding on it. I mean, granted, it's a shortened season, but it's still it's still showing just how close this competition is. Is that there are five sides genuinely fighting it out, and not just you know, results going one way or the other is going to dictate it. It's literally like you lose, you're out potentially, right? You lose and you're either playing one game of footy, one and done, or you're not playing at all. So, I, I'm, mate, I am frothing for it. I, I can't wait to see what happens this weekend because that just makes next weekend crazy. Crazy by way of how we're looking for finals. Well, just in terms of even looking at the top three, they've all only lost one match all year. Um, GPS yeah. have dropped three matches, and then Brothers in fifth have dropped only two matches. And, you know, we talk about mm. Brothers have been struggled this year and not being the team they were in the last few years, victims of their own success, with all their players going up, yet they've only dropped two games. It's in terms of the shortened and uh, the short season and where everyone's going to finish. It's just crazy that, you know, there's been all this chat when, you know, brothers have beaten Bond. They're one of the few teams to have beaten Bond. Um, there's just so much quality footy being played within that sort of top level of the competition. And then you've got teams like Western Sunnybank pushing the top end as well. That's it, right? That's that's the thing. You've got Western Sunnybank who right now are out of contention for finals, but they're still pushing everyone to the very limit. And that just makes just makes it so difficult for sides to really, you know, get a stranglehold on the rest of the season. So, oh, mate, I, yeah, this is, oh, man, I'm so pumped up. I'm so pumped up. I can't talk. It's killing me. It's so sick. I can't wait for finals, man. It's going to be so good. So good. And, um, Reese, mate, obviously over at Tigerland, you guys are sitting pretty at the top of the ladder at the moment, but that could change this weekend. What's sort of the chat in terms of final standings and where everyone sits within the playing group there, mate? Um, I, don't, I don't think we've actually, to be fair, obviously finals, we want to win the grand final. And that's sort of, you know, where our goals stood from week one. But sort of, I think we're not looking past brothers at this stage. Like we're, We've got brothers after coming after the bye, you know, depending on how this weekend looks, we need to win that game. And so I think our mindset heading in is just everything's on brothers. And then if we win that and depending on where we finish, we then take it from there. Very true, mate. Very true. Well, one thing's for sure. We've got two cracking weekends of rugby ahead. Reese, you'll be watching it from the beach this weekend, which is good, mate. Um, That's it. Might, I might head down to that UQ game. Very true, because Sunday I have footy. Jay and I will be there, because yeah. on Saturday, Jay and I are heading, well, I'm heading Bush, you're heading Coastal. Jay, you're going to be commentating Cloundra. And, um, yep. Yep, the mighty lighthouses. Um, do you know who they're playing against, Jay? Uh, they're playing against the winning bugs, mate. Yeah, Ooh. so it'll be bugs versus the lighthouses up in Cloundra. I'm, I'm really excited to watch today. I, I to call it and everything. It's going to be sick. So I think the Bugs are uh, running a few injuries and I spoke to Matty Myers from out there and he just said, 
you know, uh, please go gentle um, on them if they're not playing too well because apparently they're just absolutely decimated with injuries. So no promises I'm going to eviscerate them. About to say, mate, it hasn't been their best year as of yet. So uh, no. might be putting on a bit of a cricket score, unfortunately, for the Bugs. It'll be a good day out, though, for me. Your vocal, your vocal calls to get a good workout, mate. <laughs> That's it, man. No, I'm really pumped up for it. I'm really uh, really keen to call the game out there, man. It should be sick. No, well, I'm looking forward to the Downs finals. Some uh, Toowoomba Rangers versus Toowoomba Bears in A grade. Warwick versus St. George in B grade. And, um, and then we got some women's sevens action as well. So some great uh, games ahead for the weekend. And then obviously you'll come back together for some Sunday footy. So going to be an absolute... How good. But, How good. Yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to that Bond Jeeps game as well. I reckon that one is going to be an absolute belter. Belter. Yep. Mm-hmm. All good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Reese, thanks very much for taking your time out this morning, mate, to join Jay and I, mate. Much appreciated. No drivers. Anytime. All right. And Jay, as always, thanks, mate. And we will catch you guys next week. Love your sauce. Love your name. Thanks, Lucy. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Thanks.